This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and happy Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast brought to you by Matty Ice Media and hosted by yours truly, Matty Ice. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I know I surely did. Uh, it was great stuff, great weather. It's just nice to be summertime. Uh, last week, I did some pretty heavy stuff in terms of the 70th, 71st, and 72nd episodes of this show. Uh, episode 70 was about some vaccine confusion. And I want to kind of address that again, and not because I want to rehash what I've already talked about, but a listener got into my ear regarding the contents of that episode. And I always talk about how much I love the interaction between listeners and the content and myself because it allows me to either expound on something or it allows me to create content from those conversations. It's the whole reason why I do this. So she texted me. She's a personal friend of mine and she's been a listener of the show for the entirety of the show, basically. So thank you for that. Uh, And she was commenting on my hypotheses about uh, white athletes and their confusion about whether they should get the vaccine. And I want to specifically point out when I say their confusion, I mean, they have been asked about their vaccination status. And they basically are giving you the I'm just not sure yet I need more information stance. I want to clear up and clarify what I mean by my critique of that particular uh, answer. I went over this on political football this past week, you can catch that wherever you catch your podcast also on the Matty Media platform. Uh, But we talked about Sam Darnold specifically, who is the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, and he was asked about whether he had the vaccine. He said no, Uh, but his reasoning was very murky. Basically, you know, I I need more information. And I think what we kind of came up with is that I think what really is happening here specifically for a lot of these white athletes is that their reasoning has more to do with political leanings than it does with actual fact-based reasoning. It'd be one thing if these athletes were coming to us and saying, look, I you know, need a third trial. I want to see more data on people that specifically have my genetic makeup. You know, I'm more predisposed to some certain diseases, uh, heart defects and so forth. I would feel a little bit better and a little bit less critical if that were the case. However, they aren't. And it leads me to believe and I think it leads others to believe that there are less reasonable reasons why uh, if They are these vaccination truthers who feel as if that the vaccine is meant to harm us or is meant to track us in some way. It is such a misguided opinion in my in my view. And I don't want to necessarily dump on somebody's opinion. I understand that everybody is entitled to it. But in this particular case, we have seen 80 million people receive the vaccine. Um, We have not seen anybody grow a third arm. We don't seem to have a large, widespread issue with it. Uh, We have seen the Johnson & Johnson one pulled, and we've seen that pulled because of um, blood clotting and so forth. But my friend brought this point to me, and she was commenting on the fact that I was 100% correct in my assertion about white people being hesitant, given many other factors, including the murky history between black people and these tests or these trials and so forth. And she brought up birth control. And that got me to thinking about a larger issue as it relates to medical decisions, who is more allowed to make these decisions, and we, how we have, as a society have sort of 
adopted these views that have become a regular part of our decision making, but we have not gone back and asked the question whether they should be. And she mentioned about how birth control has so many negative side effects. And one of those is blood clotting. They pulled the Johnson & Johnson vaccine for that reason. However, by percentages and by cases alone, the amount of blood clotting issues that we see with women on birth control is significantly higher than with this vaccine. And yet we are willing to pull that so quickly for the betterment of the country. But we haven't gone back and looked at the paradigm of birth control in general. So I wanted to speak to that a little bit because I think it is actually a very fair criticism. And also, I think it is a directly correlated issue, mainly for the idea that the choice and the reasoning behind them or the rationale behind them is very, very interesting. So when it comes to birth control, this is my view as a as a man in this country. So I have never felt that it has been incumbent on any woman that I've been sexually active with to be on birth control because to me, it's their body and it is not my choice. And also at the height of this, sexual relations are two individuals making a consensual decision together. That's how it always should be. And to me, that comes down to birth control methods, uh, protection and so forth. And I feel like there are too many men who feel it is only a woman's duty to protect against getting pregnant. And that is a completely false narrative. However, if you think about the decision making that we have employed in this country, we are essentially making it so that women feel that they have to be on birth control and men don't have to do anything within that equation. That's not how it should be. There needs to be some type of a divide here that allows men to actively participate in that kind of decision making. And what has happened, it has been a predominantly male opinion, male decision along the way that has, in my view, been assimilated into our collective decision making to the point that we feel it's a woman's duty to do so. When really what we should be asking is what can society, both men and women do to make sure that this does not become a problem? Women don't seem to get the choice in this. Uh, she also gave me some examples of friends of hers that have female specific issues, including enlarged uteruses, choosing not to have children, uh, choosing to stop having children after already having one, and getting pressure from their doctors about why they are making this decision. And it's not just male doctors who are pressuring, it's female doctors as well. This narrative, again, seems to have become ingrained in our collective that it's always on the woman when it comes to these uh, medical decisions, right? And what I think we have here are two different sets. We have a male doctor not understanding what it's like to be a female. And this idea of perspective is so key here because I think that if you look at the larger issues that we have as it pertains to one particular part of society having a privilege or an advantage over others, you're seeing this in a very widespread manner. Most white people cannot fathom the idea that black people or minorities in general have it worse than they do. Why? Because their perspective has been from a place of privilege that they don't really understand. Now, I've been actively saying that I don't feel as if all white men should be apologizing at all times of the day for their the actions of their ancestors. We need to learn. And I think that goes for every race, every culture across the book, because if you go back and look at the history of all races, all humankind, you are going to find mistakes you're going to find cringeworthy moments. And what I think is really important is not condemning the actions of the past with the people of the present, but taking those cringeworthy acts, taking that mistakes, those missteps, and informing our future. 
making better decisions, learning from those decisions. And then I think we have female doctors who have bought into the narrative that women are only defined by their childbearing years or their childbearing ability. Because in my mind, when you are a medical professional and you are telling a woman or giving her advice and saying, don't you want to have children? Don't you want to have a second? What happens if something happens to your first? That's not your decision to make. Whether a person has children or not is not a medical decision. It's a personal decision. And you as a medical professional should be helping that person to maintain a healthy lifestyle all across the board. It doesn't matter whether you're a woman who's having children or a woman who is not having children. And by the way, not every woman who decides to have children can have children. And not every woman who doesn't have a child isn't wanting to have a child. First of all, there's a lot of medical you know, issues that take place that prevent some women from having children when they ultimately want them. And we have to understand that it's not a selfish decision to not have kids or to have kids. It's a personal decision and we need to leave it at that. But the medical profession exists to make it easier and make it healthy for all people involved. And that includes a woman who doesn't want to have children or a woman who does want to have children. But I think the perspectives have been skewed in this way. And when you think about it, what do we do to change it? Well, I think what we need is more inclusion all across the board, especially these insurance companies. So one of the aspects of the enlarged uterus issue that we talked about, this uh, you know, listener and I talked about, was that a male doctor said that it wasn't large enough to be able to be taken out or to be dealt with. And what we're seeing here is a, a woman who doesn't look like what men think a woman should look like and by that i mean she's not completely skinny wearing scantily clad clothes and everything and you can't see the effects of this in a physical manner the same way that you would on one of these small women but basically it is basically like a 16 month pregnancy so any woman who is out there who has been pregnant can understand how that feels can understand the physical effects that that has on your body that maybe doesn't come with the hormonal issues but still it's been a two-year process. It's been physically demanding, physically painful. And yet here we are making the decision to, well, we got to wait for it to be bigger. So perhaps that is the individual doctor making this call. And it very well could be. It very well could be a male doctor not understanding what's going on because as a man, they can never truly have that perspective or truly have full empathy there. Or it could be a doctor making a decision that is based off of bureaucratic standards. And when I say bureaucratic standards, I mean the insurance companies. We have no doubt heard countless stories about people being turned away for procedures, turned away for medical care because their insurance doesn't cover it, or the insurance company doesn't feel that it's a worthwhile investment. That could very well be happening here. And even if that's happening here, it is still a, an extension of this idea that men are making decisions without truly being able to understand the perspective you know, that a woman is going through. Why do I say that? Well. It's no secret that executive boards, whether it's CEOs, uh, you know, executive boards of private companies that are like insurance companies, tech companies, so forth, they're all male dominated still. It is still very much a dominated male perspective. And it's also a white perspective at that. You don't see too many females. You don't see too many minorities on these executive boards, especially at these insurance companies. Well, the insurance companies are covering a large demographic of people. That's the point. This country is diverse in its makeup. That's what makes it so great. And so you have a predominantly white and male perspective making decisions about what insurance is going to cover and how it is going to cover certain procedures. 
What happens with white people and black people, Hispanic people and so forth, there's different genetic makeups and there's different predispositions to certain diseases or certain conditions. And yet we don't take that into account. There's nothing that says that, you know, if you have a predisposition to this because of your heritage, that means that you can get different care, you qualify for something else. Like we don't take these things into consideration. So this one doctor making a decision, whether it's based off of their own personal feelings as a male or based off of bureaucratic standards that are set by mostly other men, then you're still missing the point. You're still not taking into consideration the perspective part. And when it comes to the vaccine, it's also very, very similar. As white people in this country, we are privileged. I think we need to acknowledge that. You may not necessarily agree, and that's okay. But again, the idea of privilege does not mean that you're handed something. It just means that you are lacking an impediment. And every single person in this country who has access to the vaccine is a privileged, right? There, that is a privilege because you have no impediment to allowing you to get there. And red tape, because CVS's website keeps breaking down, is not the kind of impediment that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ability to actually get it, to have advantage, to have access to it. Think about all the countries in the world that are going to be getting this vaccine last. Where are they located? Well, they're mostly going to be in Africa. They're going to be poor areas of this world. So we in America having the kind of access that we have to the point that 80 million people have received at least one dose of the vaccine is a privilege. So for a white male athlete to say that they don't have enough information and to not get it when they have the privilege of the access to it, and look, it does a good thing for them in not getting it, and it does a good thing for the society in helping to not spread it in a very deadly and dangerous way. The whole point of the vaccine is to not make people go to the hospital and to lower the amount of deaths. It's not going to stop the spread of COVID-19 ever because we're never going to eradicate it. The flu shot doesn't work that way either. However, we do lessen the symptoms for people, and it really is important for the people that are in these danger groups. The whole point of the vaccine is similar to the flu shot in that way. Like I, as a 38-year-old, don't have to worry as much about the flu, but my parents at age 73 do. It could harm them a lot more than it could harm me. And so by getting it for myself, I'm obviously lessening the symptoms or lessening the, uh, the terrible nature of it by getting the vaccine, but I'm also helping in you know not spreading it to my parents if i were to get it or you know something to that effect it's kind of the same way here so not getting it when you have the access to me feels like a direct shot at society i also take into consideration that people can make choices for many many years i chose not to get the flu shot but once my perspective changed in that i have a young child at home obviously now i want to do that for his betterment not necessarily for just mine and when you have a newborn, they're susceptible to everything. And if I were to have gotten the flu and spread it to him, he's not able to get the flu shot until he's a year old. And to me, that's putting him in unnecessary danger. And it's danger that I don't want to put him in. So I take that perspective. Now, think about the privilege that we're talking about here. And now think about the episode that I did on Friday, episode 72, about making Juneteenth a holiday. To me, those are all related because it all is a perspective narrative. So I said that making Juneteenth as a holiday is a great gesture, but it doesn't quite fix the problem. Even in this conversation with a friend of mine, I noticed that there were other gaps in this logic and theory that were actually making the federal holiday even less meaningful than it could possibly be. 
I said that I wanted people to go out and support black businesses, support your communities, give them equity in the community, you know, like be able to help them gain that kind of equity and inclusion because all they want is a seat at the table. But thinking about Juneteenth as a holiday, it really can't be enforced on a mass scale because outside of the federal government, that's really the only place that closes in a meaningful way. And now you have these holidays that are out there when most of the people that are supposed to be celebrating the meaning of this holiday, they're still working today. Those service-based jobs, they're still working today. So you're kind of missing the point here. And I feel like the majority of people that are getting the benefit of this day, myself included, by the way, are white people. And what are we doing? What are we seeing now? What we're seeing is predominantly white communities taking Juneteenth and making a mockery of it by having things like scavenger hunts and sales and shit like that. Pardon my French. But that's not the point, right? Like the point is not that you get an extra day and you get to do whatever the hell you want. The whole point of the federal holiday is to recognize the meaning behind it. And it's not just the meaning in that day. It's the meaning that goes into that day, right? It's great to recognize the fact that Juneteenth should have always been a significant day. However, the people that are making the decision to make it a federal holiday are predominantly white people. So now they don't understand, right? These congressmen and women, mostly white again, are not thinking about what they could be doing to better the black community and minority community as a whole that has nothing to do with making Juneteenth an actual holiday. But that idea of perspective of, well, this shows that we're doing the right thing because look at us, we support black people. And it's like, are you supporting black people in a meaningful way? And this goes down to, you know, women and minorities and so forth. And it's all this us versus them mentality. I personally feel that we have dove into that mentality more than we ever have. I've said that many times. So if you're tired of me saying that, I can understand that. But hear me out for a minute. That is an old old way of thinking when human history was in its infancy, when we had to be us versus them because it was a matter of survival. If two people walked up upon an animal that they could eat and both were hungry, well, you know what? If I had to kill the other person to get it, I was going to do that. Us versus them. It's a matter of survival. Resources. Resources are not scarce in this country. And you know what is not scarce either? Knowledge and education. Where do you see knowledge and education not used nearly as much as it should be on social media? Where do you see us versus them take place the most? Social media. It's all making it worse. And I feel like with these holidays, with these medical decisions, with these choices to not get the vaccine, we're really employing this us versus them mentality instead of thinking about an all-inclusive and all-encompassing reality. Like, what do I as a man have to do to help the cause of making it not the burden for women to be on birth control, to make women not the sole reason why pregnancy doesn't happen because it's a two-way street. I'm just as involved in a sexual act as a woman is. And a woman does give birth. I don't have the ability to physically do that based off of human genetic makeup, but it doesn't mean that I can't have a, I can't be a part of the solution in what makes it a we decision instead of a you or a them decision. Same goes for minority rights, same goes for Black Lives Matter, same goes for Juneteenth and the vaccine. What can I do to be a part of the greater solution? What I can do is get the vaccine. What I can do is understand the significance and the impact of Juneteenth and try to put it back into the community. As a matter of fact, I've already bought a few things from black businesses today. So I've done the part that I'm supposed to do. That's what I want to do to make it 
relevant, to make it impactful. I've also had conversations with other people. This episode right here, the last episode, that's what I'm trying to do is further this idea. So I really thank the listener for reaching out to me about episode 70, and it led to a larger discussion about these things. And I think that is the whole point of dialogue is you learn and your perspectives can change, right? Like that's what we need. You should actually be talking to people who have a differing opinion from you. It can allow you to form your own opinion or actually hone or pare down your own opinion to even more of a nuanced idea, a more fact-based reality. And that's what we should be doing. So when I think about this vaccine idea, this consternation that I have about people's hesitancy, it's led to something greater. It's led to me being able to articulate the same opinion about women's perspectives, about black people's perspectives. And I want to continue to do that for myself. And hopefully by doing so, I can do that for you as well. I hope everybody has had a wonderful day so far. I hope everybody had a great weekend. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate your listenership and your patronage. Before I let you go, I just want you to know MattyIceMedia.com is where you can find this show and all other shows on there, including the Drippin' Sports podcast with myself, the manual, Cowboy Season, and others. And also, you can find this podcast and all of our Matty Ice Media podcasts wherever you find your podcasts. And to connect directly with this show, Soulfully Casual Podcast on Instagram is where you can do that. You can also check out Matty Ice Media 21 on Instagram as well if you want to check out some other stuff, but that's where you can find it. So I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody's attention, and I hope everybody has a safe and wonderful Monday. Soulfully Casual is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media.